This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sky Blues Extra podcast. Of course, in association with the Sky Blue Tavern and Dylan's Bury, the only place for your pre and post match entertainment in Coventry. And don't forget, with a absolutely huge game coming up, there is spaces still available to go and watch the match if you are not able to go to Wembley. I'm David and I'm delighted to be joined this evening by Ross and Matt. How are you doing? Afternoon, mate. It's uh, it, It's been a tough week, lads, in terms of, you know, emotionally, maybe, you know, lots of lots of things. But first and foremost, have we all got tickets? I have. <laughs> yeah, all good to go. Brilliant. So that's, you know, we're all going to be there. Um, we're going to obviously preview the playoff final in more detail. Um, but just... Now that that game is a just under a week away, I'll start with you, Ross. How are you feeling around the playoff final? Well, I remember actually doing doing these pods like many months, weeks ago, and saying we've we've not got a chance of making the playoffs, <laughs> and now we're ninety minutes away from Wembley. It's it's quite surreal, mate. It, it it actually it hasn't actually sunk in for me yet. I keep seeing it, you know, like on Sky Sports and stuff. You watch other games, and it'll be like, oh, the Championship playoff final Saturday, the twenty seventh May. Yeah, us and Luton on there, and it's just like. How like we didn't have a stadium at the start of this season. We're now we're now we're now ninety minutes technically away from the Premier League. It's quite it's quite surreal, mate. At the moment, it hasn't it hasn't sunk in to be fair? But um, yeah, it's 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 been some journey this season, hasn't it? It really has. So let, let's let's finish the fairy tale off. I think. Is it the same for you, Matt? Yeah, exactly the same. I think I um would have to be honest and say. 
you know, a similar boat. I really didn't didn't give us a strong chance of making it. I thought we were obviously, you know, I go back to the first part of the season, the preseason part, and I'd predict a tenth. I thought I'd be really happy with that because we'd, you know, obviously have improved on last season. And then as we get down to the nitty gritty in the last couple of months or so, even at that point where it was a realistic possibility for us to make the playoffs, I still was, you know, and the evidence is there. You go back in the pods and, and you'll hear it. I always thought we'd just finish, um, you know, just slightly short. You kind of look at it and you think there's teams around us who'd at that time obviously been in the Premier League more regularly and, you know, those, those parachute payments or maybe a little bit more squad depth outside of the first 11, but um, just testament to what we've done because it it is ridiculous, you know, going to the magnitude of that game always, you know, I think back to kind of the last five, 10 years, some of the teams have been in there and gone on to do other things in the Premier League, but just how massive a game that's always felt, you know, because obviously everybody labels it as the however many hundreds of millions match or, or whatever else it is, and, and that's us now, um, and, and Luton, which is which is crazy as well, so yeah, still in a in a level of disbelief, and I think more than anything, it's actually you think you, you might get used to it a bit more going into the week. I think it's actually just going to ramp up the other way as we get closer to the game. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I feel exactly the same as you guys. It's just you just can't. I think until you're there, and I still don't think I'll really believe it. And then you've got the the emotions of if you know if we were to even go ahead, or it just doesn't really bear thinking about. And the magnitude of what is is at stake you know the fortunes of the club are going to be changed for the next decade um and that all rides on uh one 90 minute football match or longer um hopefully not but you know let's talk about the 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 previous uh fixture first um you know an absolutely huge game us going up to borough nil nil from the from the first leg um starting off with you know the atmosphere You've got to give it to Borough fans. I think they were the loudest I've heard uh, for a home support, uh, definitely for that first 10 minutes. And um, it really made for an electric charged fixture, didn't it, Ross? Yes, mate. I mean, I was up there and I was, I don't know if you've seen um, some of the like the photos and videos I've got. I was, I was, I was basically next to them. So where they were... There was like a um a flag like near to where like a turnstile bit um a, a concourse bit is you know you go down for half yeah. time like yeah. I was below one of them but like stood next to them and honestly me and my mate I turned to at one point and we just went wow we could be in trouble here because it was actually it was honest that was the first time I've been to an away game and it was it was actually deafening like you couldn't hear they just kept singing that same song over and it I was agree. just. It, it was you wasn't sure how you're going to be able to stop yeah. that noise and then in the first 30 seconds we gave the ball away and I just thought oh no please don't be one of these games where the where the atmosphere is just going to completely capitulate on us but I think we settled into it as, as it got along a little bit I think they had a spell but to be honest with you I don't really think they had a clear-cut chance in that in that first half that I remember anyway I think they had the one it was like a brief header into Wilson's hands, bang on half time, and then the whistle got blown. So, bar that, they were just sort of aimlessly putting crosses into the box that weren't really accomplishing anything, if I'm honest. But yeah, it was. It, but I said it online. So I said the first 25 minutes of that game, that was the best home atmosphere that I've, I've ever gone away to by a country mile. It was. It was ridiculous. Like it was just deafening. Yeah, it was. It was. It was incredible. And, and fair play to Bo for putting on such yeah, thing. You know, people get mocked for these 
flags well we we do at times uh but you know you had the teeth bow and stuff like that i thought it was uh absolutely incredible matt we expected some changes coming into the game uh sheaf and alan came in for Eccles and godden was that the right decision for you yeah absolutely yeah you know we um we obviously getting sheaf back a lot sooner than we we probably initially thought was a massive bonus to us i, I, I thought obviously i'd quite happily see him come back into the side but I, I kind of with the way Robbins was talking about it wasn't expecting to see him to come in from the start because he'd he'd obviously been on the bench for the previous two games but Robbins had really played it down in terms of saying well you know as an option of somebody who might be able to come on for the last five minutes or, or whatever else so it's kind of I guess briefed myself or, or prepared myself for the fact that he's probably still not ready to start but when you see his name on the team sheet especially in that game we just needed to um get more of a handle on midfield compared to what happened certainly in the first half of the first leg so i think alan was a, a no-brainer obviously um you know he's up there in terms of goals as well and i think our best opportunity was going to be getting our foot on the ball more in, in the middle of the park um and trying to break from there we in the in the first leg and, and particularly in the first half we kind of let them have the ball, let them play through the the lines, but kind of relatively comfortable again, rather than apart from a couple of moments um, in the first half where obviously they hit the bar and, and everything else. But largely we were relatively comfortable, but we just had no attacking threat to us. You know, we were getting the ball just outside of our area and then just trying to launch it for, for Vic. And it was too much to ask for him. You know, he had two men on him. Um, and as good as he is, it, it was always going to be a, a difficult situation. And Godden then effectively ends up like a passenger for for, for, for a majority of the game. So yeah. we needed to get our foot on the ball in midfield. Alan was massively important for us to to do that. And obviously then try and drive forward from a position where we can actually get the ball to Gokarez in good areas where he can do damage. And, and it made a massive difference. I've never seen a game, the second leg, where... The team still has had such a a lack of possession, but actually had a good, uh, such a strong level of control. So, yeah, the changes we we made were absolutely instrumental in in having that level of control. Yeah, and and you touched on it, Ross. The first half passed a little bit much like the first leg. A lot of borough possession. Um, you mentioned the the Wilson save from a header, which was really the only sort of goal mouth action that happened. So. We went in at half time. What was you thinking at half time? What was you feeling? What did you what did you want? And was you was you still nervous or did you feel, you know, that we were quite, you know, in with a even with a good shout? In in the first half, I said to my mate when when we were stood there, obviously we stood with like a big group of us as well. But the one who I went up with and I was I stood next to, I said to him, I said, if we can get in nil nil at half time here, I said we've got a very good chance because we're attacking in front of our fans really in the second half as well, which is always a massive boost for our players. Yeah. Obviously, naturally, when you're attacking in front of a, a home crowd, they're gonna boo you, they're gonna be hostile. It's a lot more difficult. Whereas if you know towards where you're coming, you can hear your fans. I think it's just a natural boost. And we know that from home games. I think we attack better towards the singers corner than we do yeah. from the, yeah. the other end of the pitch. So I said, if we can get to half time nil-nil, I think I think we've got a great chance. I said that they're going to come at us second half. They're going to throw the kitchen sink. I said, but we've got to, we've got to be able to deal with it if we want if we want to win the game. Um and lo and behold, we, we we dealt with it and we scored an absolute worldie of a goal and we went 1-0 up and 
and won the game, but we, we probably could have won by more in the end. I think I watched the I watched the highlights after the game, so I recorded it on Sky. I think it was Don Goodman who said it's it's something it's not something that you could argue they don't deserve. And I think that was that was right. Borough had a lot of the ball and a lot of their fans said it, but they didn't they didn't really do that much with it. I think both clear cut chances they made were both miles offside anyway. I think they had one from Crooks, which he added in the goal, and he was about three yards offside. And then the other one from that Cameron Archer in the 90th summit minute, which he hit the bar from about two yards out, but he was about a mile offside. So I, I think from half time to where we were, I was quite, I had confidence, if that makes sense, because I knew that we'd done yeah. half of what we needed to do. If we'd have conceded an early goal, I think we could have we could have capitulated, if I'm honest. So getting into nil-nil at half time was was massive for us. And I was actually thinking, right, we can if we can get a goal, we've we've actually got a very good chance here. And, and we did. Yeah, and Matt, we started quite brightly the second half. Um on, on I think 49, we had a sheaf broke into the box. It fell to Allen on his his left foot. Um but he couldn't, he couldn't make the right contact with it. Yeah, I think picking up on what Ross said, it's it had to come to a point in that tie where something was going to happen. You know, they had to they had to come out and, and obviously do a bit more. The pressure was on them being at the home side. So it was going to always get to a point where, you know, they were going to have to take a few more risks and and obviously leave a few more gaps. And that's exactly what we wanted um you know from the outset so yeah. yeah I think it as Ross has said it was massively important for us to get in you know at least level at half time and then that was the, the game was always kind of gonna well well most likely gonna fall into a routine that we really wanted you know they they can still have potentially more of the ball but but take a few more risks and leave a few more gaps and leave a few more opportunities which is exactly what happened and you know yeah one nil we actually comfortably were, were the more likely to get another goal as you mentioned there was that first opportunity of the half for Alan a really frustrating one because it, it looked like a golden opportunity but you know give him I guess the benefit of the doubt it was a little bit behind him and he couldn't couldn't make the right contact but just again Alan showing his massive importance to us as well getting into those areas always providing that support that's going to be massive to us obviously if likely we start with the with the same starting 11 in the final we're going to need Alan bursting forward and providing support to Kyokarez because there's going to be opportunities out wide and uh, he, he's obviously going to need that element of support through the middle and, and hopefully on those occasions he'll, he'll be able to take the chance but it was a good I guess opening to the second half for us and a, a good kind of idea of, of what was to come in in the second half. We continued um, Ross to to try and push and force the the issue, but um, it felt in the stands. I don't know if you felt it. You know, we're obviously lucky enough to be be at the fixture, and it felt like a huge turning point where we continued for a long time to sing "Twist and Shout," "Twist and Shout." The fans really, really got behind the team. That sort of like harboured so much momentum, and as we continued to push for a goal, that that chant kept going and going and going and it seemed to give the players a lift. It's a, it's a really good way of sort of drowning out the opposition, Ross. And I think that Borough didn't, you know, the fans didn't really know what to do. They'd kind of stopped by that point and stopped singing and sort of didn't get into a battle with us. And that, that was it really. We sort of owned the atmosphere a lot of the time from there. Yeah, I think the I think the thing that we got to remember is, is it was the whole crowd singing for the first 25 minutes, which is why it was so loud. But I think naturally you're always going to get fans who don't 
sing at a game if that makes sense i could uh, yeah, of course. we have we have the section that we know are going to sing for 90 minutes straight where you stand up and we have a section where people who will sing the odd song and they'll join in but they they want to sit down and they want to watch the game you know it's older people people who necessarily aren't into that stuff it's 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 a game of football you're never just going to have people who who stand and sing and i think what had happened is is they were so used to drowning us out because it was everyone that when it had gone from being everyone to just that section of the ground, it actually turned into, well, we were now the louder team. So it was almost like they were thinking, well, we're singing, but the away team are now drowning us out. So it was a yeah. bit kicking the teeth for them. And the players would have naturally been able to have heard that. And I think in the first half, it was something they didn't hear. And it's not our fault because we were singing, but it was just so hard yeah. to try and out sing when there's just only over 2,000 of you compared to what 30 odd thousand of them it's so difficult to try and get some momentum where especially when they were singing so much but yeah I think the second half when we did start singing twist and shout we did I, I just think we looked dangerous on the break I just yeah. really, I, I felt like the first game McNair and, and Lenahan they had quite an easy game against because yeah. like, they had he had no runners off him whereas yeah. when you have people running into the box off of him and you have people like coffee getting forward so I think there's like, such a bigger gap as well there's much yeah, much there bigger was. space between midfield and the yeah. two strikers Godden so there was this like golf in, in, yeah, in space was, yeah it was it was I, I think from watching it from a sort of tactical point of view, I know Hackney and Mowat, for them, I really like that Hackney. I think he's a very, very good player. It almost felt like instead of them both sitting as a, as a two, it was almost like it was a bit more expanded, you know, to try and get between the lines a little bit for us. But I think that suited because when they were sat off, it was more, well, we, we're going to struggle to get it into Vic's feet or in behind. But as soon as that yeah. gap then created we were we were seeing a lot more in behind to Vic or to his feet and then him laying it off to Hamer or Allen and getting in behind there was there was just that flow to the game yeah. a bit more in the second half which which suited us and I think it come from like you said they had to throw the kitchen sink it because they needed a goal realistically they knew the longer the game went on nil nil suited us more than it suited more than it suited them and their fans were going to get frustrated so yeah I just think it was a bit of momentum from our fans and the singing, but also just the natural flow of the game definitely helped us. And I think it was Robert, something the players and Robins will have definitely said to them at half-time is Push that on. We, can, we can keep this nil-nil on transitions. We have to be quick with the ball, though. And we, we were fast with, with the ball. It was what helped us massively every time we got it. We, we, we had intent with what we were doing. It wasn't like we were getting it and just hoping for the best. We knew who was going to be running, who was going to be supporting forwards. And it worked for us in the end. It paid off. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly how the goal came, Matt. Um, an incredible ball by Sheaf over the top. Yock was brave, um, rounded the keeper. There was still a lot to do. Um, he left it to Hamer and the rest is history. Yeah, left it to Hamer or, or Hamer took it. I can't imagine for, <laughs> for one second in that situation, Jokerez wants to leave that to another player. You know, he's a, he's he's an out-and-out striker who, who, who wants to score as many as he can. So I think he's probably, you know, relatively annoyed but obviously it worked out well for us yeah I, I think the goal is a perfect example of um 
everything we talked around the the game plan and the flow of the game and it, it was just the perfect example of that you know they were obviously needing to, to push a bit more the pressure was building on them because they're at home the expectations there and and then you started to see those mistakes creep in for 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 them especially in midfield and that's perfect for us exactly what we wanted to happen and obviously that's what happened for the goal but yeah chief reacts amazing you know we head up picks the pass pass plays it perfectly obviously it's still a difficult situation because it is a bouncing ball so i think if that's on the ground you know obviously jokrez is is taking that himself and and hopefully we get the same end result but because it's bouncing because the keeper it I guess in fairness to the keeper, he does well to to get out and and, and narrow the angle for and, and Borough to get back behind the ball as well. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's got a thing with, the, with with the finish in the end, but and that was, I guess, the frustration from our perspective. Nobody really did anything wrong. You know, it's a great ball from Sheaf. Jokerez obviously does the right thing around the keeper from that range because he hasn't really got any any space to do anything else. Yeah. Hamer picks the ball up, but he has to kind of turn back inside. So you're thinking. They're all doing the right things, but it, it starts to feel like the chance has gone. And then, as you say, you've got three or four borough players who kind of retreated back around their line. You're thinking, okay, is this doesn't feel like the great opportunity? Is it first felt when Giocarez is running through? But you know, when you've got Hamer in those positions, you've always got a, a really good chance of, of of a bit of magic happening. And it's a fantastic finish because he's really got you know it, from that position. Even if you just kind of one on one from a keeper, it's you know it's, it's tricky Agreed. because you, you there's only so many places you can put that ball exactly you know but in this situation yes you've got not so much a goalkeeper but you've got three or four players you've still got to kind of try and pick an area where you know it's not really covered or it's not going to be coverable by them with their body or with their head or, or whatever else and he's it's just pinpoint accuracy with a finish i think in that position at that moment there's nobody in our sides um you're going to want to to have the ball and He's produced again as he's done so often for us over the uh, over the last you know few months in particular. It's a, it's a great goal and um, even though it's, it was obviously a nervy 20, 25 minutes from there, we, as we kind of touched on, you know that really was a massive moment in the game where they're never going to be a huge amount of, of of goals in it from there. And um, yeah, we always looked the more likely to to grab the second as well. Ross, best limbs ever. It was uh, it was pretty nutty in that away end. Oh dear me! It was <laughs> honestly when he checked back, I really just thought it was going to get nicked off of his feet, and you know, like go out for a corner, and, yeah. they, and they were all going to go yes, you know, because they just saved almost like a goal. And when he got it, obviously the players were on the line, but I thought, hang on a sec, he can actually get a shot off here. Like this is a good position. The keeper's off his line. And I, I know on the telly, you can see it's not directly in the top corner, from, but from, from where I was sat, it literally looked like he curled it top bins from there. Yeah. And honestly, I just remember it hitting the net and just seeing him run over and Vic just run over. And honestly, the, the limbs were just a joke. Like, And their section of fans to where we were, were really giving the big one, like the whole game. It was so funny. And honestly, when I looked at their faces... It was, it was a, it, honestly, it was a picture because the minute that ball, yeah, when the ball hit the net, it went from, obviously they were nervous at nil-nil from that to, oh my God, we've just conceded, like we're actually losing the game now, like, you know, and all they could see was just a load of commentary fans, including myself, just running over to them and just basically just, just giving the big one back to them because in the moment we all know you, you lose your head and absolutely 
you, you have I to think it, you can only you can ask the players that you know they did when that went in they didn't know what to do yeah um, it was it they've was celebrated multiple times but you just in the magnitude of the situation was just oh, it was yeah honestly you just I didn't know what to do like on on the actual telly you can see um when Hamer hits it and he starts to run over, there's an angle and it puts it up to basically where I'm sat. And I looked at the other day, you can actually see me and my mate and the and the limbs, and you could just see me running over to their fans, you know, even the old twos. And I just thought that is class in it. Because in that moment, it's just like everyone just loses all all feeling or anything you have. It's just an in-the-moment thing for players, players, fans, and and staff as well. It was, yeah, the the limbs were just were ridiculous in that moment. They, 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 for me, that top knots county by a mile, just because of the magnitude of the game as well. Like you know, there's a difference between League Two and Championship playoffs, I think. And, and it's that funny was- once that goal goes in, how you initially react, and then how you you feel sort of five or so minutes afterwards, because the it, 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 the pressure almost increases. It did for me. Like I had a butterfly in my stomach that wasn't there for like the start of the game like I was always a bit nervous but you sort of settle in the game wasn't really doing much in the first half so you sort of relax and you're almost at a normal game I know that seems you know silly but we've all been to games where they're not as important and and you just sort of you know go along with it but once that goal went in you realized what was now at stake and what now could be and it was just a really it made for just a horrible you know next sort of well 20 odd minutes it, it, it was it was uh it, it, when we scored it almost it it almost didn't sink in it almost felt like well are they going to go and score now like what what are we going to do is the game going to is the game going to open up it was a it was a strange one i actually listened to the, again the commentary on sky sports and watched it when we scored, the first thing Don Goodman said was, he said, this is going to be really interesting now to see what Coventry do. He said, are they just going to completely sit off? Yeah. Or are they, or are they going to go for the for the jugular and for the kill here and try and get a second? And I actually think we did for a, about 10 minutes try and get a second goal, which is when Hayley did bar as well. Exactly, you know? yeah. And yeah. if we, that would have gone in, I think the game would have been dead at that point. If we'd have got a second, I'd, I know... They could have scored at any moment. They didn't really threaten, but I feel like if that Hamer free kick would have just been an inch lower and would have gone in, the limbs would have just been ridiculous for that goal, and it would have, it would have been a lot less nervy twenty minutes, so to speak, than than, than what it was. Yeah, and and Matt on eighty seven, Bar actually had the ball in the net, um, but it was quickly chalked off for uh, offside. Without the commentary, obviously being at the game, there was a second where I thought their pressure had actually. You know, got them over the line, and they'd got an equaliser, and it didn't do much for my nerves. But I think in on the, on on TV, it was quite clear that the the flag went up, and the commentators said straight away. But uh, what was you feeling when that went in? Yeah, I mean, you know, you could you could you could even see the lines with this flaggable. Why are you still going to be ridiculously nervous in that moment? You see the ball. You're so cultured in your mind. You just want that ball away from goal in any situation. Even if you know it's offside, you can see it's clearly offside or whatever else, you know, your brain's just going to take over and you're going to have that complete fear and panic. So, yeah, even though he was clearly offside, you can tell that from their reaction. You know, you're in the 89th, 90th minute of such a massive game. Um, If there's any kind of debate on the fact of if it's offside or not, they're going to be screaming, surrounding the referee, going crazy, everything else. 
and there's none of that because they know it's it, it's clearly offside by a mile but yeah in the moment it's um you, you, your heart pretty much stops and you think like kind of picking up on what you said you kind of you almost I don't think this is just a cov fan thing it's any fan you know you you put yourself in a situation you kind of think you almost give yourself that level of security by saying we're not we're not going to do this you know yeah. when you're away in the second leg with the yeah. team who's done better in the league than you and and everybody's saying they're the better side and everything else you almost put that security wall up for saying yeah we're of course to protect yourself from this. the disappointment yeah exactly and then you know if it kind of plays out how people are saying it will then you kind of you're still going to be gutted but you've almost given yourself that little bit of a, a security blanket but then yeah. when you score it takes on a different Changes. It, it yeah. takes on a different different you know beast then because you kind of think, no actually really we should we should do this i mean i'm a, terrible for like i'll be looking at skybet consistently to see how the odds are changing so like i'm getting an idea from them of of how much they're telling us you know yeah. how likely we are yeah. to, to to win this game and i'm kind of like okay well you know that'll set me down a bit or whatever but it just takes on a whole different mindset at that point because you say now we really should do it and you get that close to it and you see that happening you, you your heart just drops but thankfully obviously you know they, they made the right decision and uh it, it was clear they they obviously should should have had no issue in coming to that decision but um yeah it still doesn't stop you from from having a you know near enough a heart attack when it when obviously it hits the back of the net ross hamer cleared the ball on the 98th minute the referee put the whistle to his lips and blew it. How was you feeling? Just, you know, knowing that we actually now have a chance to get to the Premier League. Do you know when we scored, it was obviously about nearly the 60th minute. And in that moment, you always think, well, they probably could score at this point. And, you know, time's going on. It's then 17, almost 20 minutes left. And it and it's 18, you're thinking... God, it's it's only really 10 minutes of normal time left. And then it got to 90 minutes and I just saw eight being held up. And I just thought, <laughs> and when I say, I honestly, I've, I've felt sick before at games, but when I actually say I felt like I physically could have thrown up within those eight minutes, yeah. I, I, I couldn't watch. The scoreboard behind where we were was a little bit behind the game live so I was stood watching the scoreboard game rather than the actual live game because all I was dreading of hearing was just a big massive roar from them <laughs> they were right next to me as well they just fully ran over and just started giving the big one straight away if they'd have scored and I, I've, I've never felt so physically sick in my entire life and all people kept doing around me was going there's four minutes left and I, I hate when people tell me the time yeah so, well everyone sets know. their timer off yeah. right I mean, yeah, I've, I've people, got to admit, even I did, because I'd rather yeah. know how long some, we had left. Some, some guy behind me, had a, he had a timer on his phone. He's oh, four minutes left. My mate was che- my mate was checking Bet365 time, because obviously so the, the betting companies are pretty accurate with their yeah. time when they yeah. start. And I just kept going, don't want to know. I do not want to know. The only thing I care about is when that <laughs> ref, that li- his, his lips on that whistle, and I hear it go. And the best bit about when Hamer cleared it was the bit before and that Jake Bidwell header because what an important header that was by the way I don't think yeah. that's, I don't think that's been spoken about enough because if he misses that I'm not sure who it was for them I think it might have been Jones or someone like that had literally a free header on goal and could there was scored. also a Dabo tackle that yeah. we've not spoke about and I don't think it's probably his biggest contribution to this season yeah genuinely probably was like he's it's 
there was moments in it that just massively, massively helped us, even from their last corner, pretty much, where Matt Crooks gets it and he tries to whip it in the box. And I think it's, I think it was McNally. Yeah, it was McNally who blocked it out for a corner. Just little things like that, instead of allowing it to go into the box, you know, just just heading out for a corner and things like that. And oh, when that whistle went, it was just, I actually couldn't believe that we'd done it. You know, like when I've watched my whole life teams go into semi-finals and watching it on the playoffs and thinking, God, imagine if this is Cobb one yeah. day. You know, when you're actually there in the moment and you're thinking, I know Man City and Madrid was on the telly, but a lot of people, especially championship clubs, will be will be watching this moment right yeah. now. We're we're actually celebrating limbs of getting to Wembley live on the telly, <laughs> and it was yeah, it's, it still has a sort. It actually gives me like goosebumps now talking about it. It's mental, but it 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 was a, it was it was the most special moment I think I've had as a Cov fan. I think the only way it will be topped is obviously Saturday when when hopefully we win. But that Absolutely. that was that was that was a feeling I've never ever had supporting this football club in my my 25 years of being alive. So yeah. I, I agree. And and after the game, you know, it was just huh. you know, every player got their song sung and it just, you know, it was it was incredible to see the, the you know the the players. They just absolutely lost their mind but I think it was a really another nice glimpse into how much it means for them and we've all seen City Unseen and we've all seen the online content and it's just you know that it I'm sure Luton feel exactly the same but the team spirit and the momentum in that changing room that's been continued from League One uh sorry you know even League Two really I think that team spirit is just is stayed and continued and it it's just you know we we still feel like we're riding a massive you know, crest of of, of a wave of, of from from League Two days and that that momentum and let's hope that that can get you know get us through one oh, more ninety minute game. It's just it's just how they know all the songs and stuff as well. You know, just watching them at the end singing E I E I E I E I up the football league we go and just stuff like that. Robbins is our king. You know, all the songs they were singing and stuff at the end. Just watching them all sing each other's songs like Casey Palmer on there. Making sure it. each gets the limelight and all of yeah, that. Yeah, like it's just they they just they just love love our fan base. And I think you know people have said ah oh, Yokarez wants to go, Yokarez this, Yokarez that. I think the fact his dad was in the away end and how he celebrated at the end of the game shows you that he has a lot of passion for our football club and wants to yeah. be part of the team that, that takes it back up to where he knows it belongs. Yeah. And I think you could tell at the end of the game by his pure emotion in his face and how much it meant to him that, that we'd actually, we've done it and we've got, we've got so close, but uh, I'd, I'd, yeah, it's, it, it's, it is just speechless times at the moment, but we, we've now got a nervy week ahead. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Gus Hamer was the official man of the match uh, for the fixture, uh, but I'll take yours. I'll start with you, Matt. Yeah, <laughs> you can't disagree, can you? No. Midfield four, obviously the box that we talked about or has been talked about quite a lot was obviously massively important to us. Um, and and he is, you know, the creative outlet in that four as, as well, because it's one thing putting the pressure on winning the ball back, but it's, obviously what we then do with it. And he's, but aside from that, he's always the one, you know, more than anybody chasing the ball down, putting the pressure on, forcing them into mistakes. And 
And then obviously you top that off with the goal, you know, but there's so many great performances in this game. There's been times over the last three, four months where you'd say potentially Gokarez and, and Hamer, obviously, as the two standouts have probably pulled us over the line with individual performances. But this was very much, a, you know, you can go across the team and say, we've obviously kept another clean sheet. The defence has done their job. You know, that midfield box has done unbelievable. Gokarez was was fantastic as well in what is a largely thankless role but he can drop into those wide positions and you know keep their defense honest and and obviously allow Allen and and potentially Hamer and Sheep to, to run in and and cause a threat so it was really a massive team performance which obviously we needed to get through that that um that tie that situation but if I if I had to obviously pick somebody out I, I would have to say Hamer personally. Ross? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give a big shout out, by the way, I've been a big, big critic of him, is is Liam Kelly. I yeah. think um, he doesn't do anything extravagant. He doesn't do anything necessarily that you think, oh, it's made him a good player, but he just reads the game very well. And I just think he's a very, very stable head. I think what he does is complements the runners in front of him very well. I think... He likes knowing that he has Sheaf, Allen and Hamer in front of him who are just going to run and he can just sit and monitor the three of them, basically. He's almost like the class teacher with the pupils, you know. He just sits and watches them all while the other three just run off and, and, and do all, all sort of the work in front of him. But when it does come to him having to make a tackle or intercept, I'd notice he'd make a few key first in the first leg and the second leg. He made some good good challenges on Akpom and players like that. And for someone who virtually didn't have a career this season, we weren't talking about them going. So now step yeah. up in the last, probably what, five, six most important games in our club's history, probably for the last 20 odd years, yeah. is a credit to him. But yeah. again, Hamer, Hamer for me, I've said it all along. I mean, Jokerez is, is, is sheer GOAT levels, but Hamer for technical ability is the best player that I've ever seen in a, in a cop shirt in my lifetime anyway, by, by a country mile. I think not even just his goal, his free kick just sums that up by a mile, you know, to be one nil up in front of a massive crowd like that and to step over that and hit a free kick of that, that calibre and quality is just ridiculous. So it was that good of a free kick. You actually heard their fans go, oh, like, you know, they were like, Jesus, that was ridiculously close. Like it wasn't an off the bar, off the top. It was literally centimetres from going in. Like he is just, he's got so much better. And I said it on one of the pods a few weeks ago that I did on here. And I said, how Alex Scott got in team of the, the season over him for the championship is just, is pretty it's embarrassing. If you, yeah, yeah, it's embarrassing for the EFL, if you ask me, you know, what, Alex Scott's a very good young player, but what's he done? Look at what Hamer's doing. Hamer's virtually putting man of the match performances every game to get this to, yeah, to get this team in there. He scored the winning goal in the semi-final of the of the playoffs while Alex Scott's in, I don't know, Australia and living his best life. Do you know what I mean? He's it, it, the fact he didn't get in team of the year was a was a robbery. He's now got 10 goals and 10 assists this season for a centre midfielder, technically, which is ridiculous at this level. Um so yeah, for me, it had to be Hamer because over the two legs, I thought he was he was the best player on the pitch for us, if I'm honest. A clean sweep for Gus Hamer and the Sky Blues went through to a playoff final. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. It's now time to talk about that huge, huge fixture. I can't actually believe I'm saying this, that Coventry City are going to line up in a playoff final from the championships with the winner being promoted to the Premier League. It, it's got to be the biggest game in the last two decades if you're of the opinion that the FA Cup final in 87 super succeeds this. And if not, it, it could be the biggest game in, in, in 30 years. Matt, where does this rank for you with other fixtures that we've had? You know, you look back to the Notts County, you look back to the League Two playoff, the curtail of the season maybe, in in terms of recent moments, what where does this rank? Yeah, obviously the the main comparison people are going to put against it is that um, that Notts County game or the, or obviously the final. I think the the difference you've got there is this this is a massive opportunity versus that feels like a necessity. Yes. You know, as yeah. as as beating Notts County and then going on to beat Exeter um, and make it to. League One felt like a necessity for this football club because at that stage, you know, I mean, we'd seen it systematically over the last um, 20 plus years. We've we've got relegated and what other team really has got relegated and not, you know, not pushed to go back up to that level because you're a big fish in a small pond or whatever. But we've just gone completely the other way. We really hadn't threatened in any season over that you know, at that time, 15, 16 year period to go back up to the level we dropped down from. We just kind of get relegated, maybe have a, a stable season or two and then become a relegation threatened team. And, we, and it, it, you, you, you just don't generally see that. Yeah. So you kind of look at League Two and, you know, you kind of thinking, again, if if we don't get back up in that first season, what can happen from there? And obviously we kind of saw directly what can happen from there. With what happened to Notts County, you know, they then yeah. kind of a couple of seasons later, they go down to, to the next level. And we're obviously now they're going to go back up to League Two, but we're talking five years after that game. And they're now just scrambling to get back into that level. Um, and there's no reason why that couldn't have happened to us. Other, yeah. than, other than the fact of A, obviously the people we've got the football club, but B, we we won that game and we were able to then go on and win Wembley. So that felt like a necessity of us just getting back to some kind of level of, um, I don't know, normal football team or or just yeah. some kind of a level of, of decent football club. But this is a massive opportunity for us. Um, so it, it's just really hard to compare. It's really hard to compare against the FA Cup win as well. I think there's obviously a whole generation of, of COF fans now who are... Um, obviously weren't really around 
to experience what the FA Cup was. And it was an opportunity again, but a different opportunity was a, yeah. a major honour. This is an opportunity for us to completely change the landscape of our football club again um, to a different level to what we've seen before. We've obviously been a Premier League team before, but the Premier League is a, a world away from what it was when we left it Agreed. 22 years ago. Agreed. So, uh, I mean, this week, one of the things I've been thinking about is, you know, you don't want to allow yourself to have these kind of thoughts, but if we were to go up, we how much do. money, for example, yeah, how much money do we think we'd spend in the summer on our squad? And you're kind of thinking, well, I know it's not going to be not, not as far as levels of money, but it's got to be a decent amount of money. And you think it's probably going to be a level of money to the to the extent that we've not seen us spend over the last 30 years combined as a football yeah. club, right? So, yeah. and, and just those kind of thoughts. It's really intriguing of, to see, you know, Look, ifs, what's, and and we we've still got ninety minutes of football plus to get through. But it's really intriguing to what we'll see will happen. I think during the summer because it's just it, it, you know there's at this moment in time there's two completely different summers, isn't it? And it's just yeah. what a what a sort of you know difficult difficult task I think for backroom staff really to 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 deal with because the the players that you scouted, you know, I'm sure they're scouting for both situations and both occasions but it, it, it's very difficult Ross for you Notts County League Two playoff finals where does this sit for you in in my lifetime this is this is the biggest game of football I've ever seen my club have so this is this is the this is the biggest prize you can win in English football money wise um yeah you, you you pretty much get uh, it's over two hundred odd million pounds over the course of it all, isn't it? Over the we've we've all said and done and and sponsorships and stuff. It's one hundred seventy nine, isn't it? And then you're gonna have, well, you know, you're gonna have your club badge on pot noodles in Thailand, aren't you? And, yeah, and all sorts of com commercial revenues that yeah. we could never even dream of, um, you know, being in League Two and League One and, and even in the Championship. Yeah, we've we've just got to hope. But I, I I think Doug King is probably licking his lips because he could potentially be pocketing nearly two hundred million pounds by the end of this 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 time next week. Um, a penny yeah. of a penny for thoughts of Joyce Apala and team. <laughs> I'm just glad they're not here because if we'd have gone up. It would have been a great achievement. We would have we would have seen about two million pound of it. The rest of it would have been in her back pocket and would it would have been it would have been nowhere to be seen. So. Um, I'm, I'm I'm very glad that she's not in charge and her clan aren't in charge of us while while we're in this position. If I'm honest with you, because it would have been a it would have been a travesty. I think we'd have probably gone up and been the lowest scoring point team in Premier League history if we'd have had them in charge. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's interesting. I don't even want to think about players that we couldn't couldn't sign and all this sort of nonsense. We, we've still got a game of football to be played. And yeah, absolutely. They. For me, over one leg and a, a one game, they are the best team that we could play. I think they suit us more than what Middlesbrough and Sunderland would on a big pitch. I think they would have caused yeah. us more problems. And from speaking to Sunderland Borough fans, they said they fancy Cov more than what they do. Because I've got a mate who I went to school with, and he's he's a big Sunderland fan, and he said they killed them. Sorry about that. Yeah, <laughs> I know, terrible, isn't it? But he's a nice enough lad. I like him <laughs> but um, yeah, he he pretty much said to me at home they scored from a, a set piece early on, which they always seem to do because obviously Sunderland don't really have any defenders at the minute either, as well. And then Sunderland really killed them after that out wide on a big pitch. The minute it went to Luton's tight ground, Sunderland 
you basically just feel like you're on they're on top of you like the fans are next to you you can't get the ball out wide it's compact and they beat them by by set pieces which they knew was going to be the achilles heel for them he said but whereas coventry he said you've got you've got big defenders he said you can keep clean sheets you know long balls quite well he said you turn up a lot of teams seem to be saying as well we've got more standout individual quality than they have so to speak if that makes sense they've got a good overall team of players whereas we've got a tight knit but we've got individual quality in Hamer, Jokerez, do you know what I mean? Players like that, even Casey Palmer, if he's on the bench or some form of involvement, those players have got a little bit more individual quality that can change the game like that for us, which I think could benefit with us. But I think if we if we can deal and defend like we did against Middlesbrough, like we did with Luton, we've got a very, very good chance of, of causing them some real problems, but we've we've just got to turn up and 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 let's see what happens. But yeah, it, it, it's going to be a it's going to be an interesting interesting ninety minutes, I think. Matt Ross touched there on Palmer whether he'd be in the squad. What? How do you see the 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 lineup going for for Robbins and and even the the squad players? Who do you expect to be in that? Uh, yeah, I think. You're going to expect no major changes, if any changes. I wouldn't expect any changes from the starting lineup that um, started the game against Middlesbrough. I think it's the best style of play for us in terms of opportunities. Um, you know, we want to try and get our foot on the ball in midfield. We want to try and con- control the middle of the pitch. I think there is going to be a massive opportunity for us there. Um, there has been a lot of talk this week about the whole, you know, Luton, smaller pitch, Kenilworth, it's tied to ground and everything. The stats really don't back up the point in terms of their away form. They're actually the second best away team in the in the division. They've only lost four games. They got more points away from home than they than they did at home. So I, I just worry that maybe we kind of overplay this one a little bit with the whole loot and small ground, everything pa- else. Pile it into away the box from... and actually it's not exactly. the case. Yeah. They've they're a flexible team. They're they're a side that um can hurt you in a couple of different ways. They've got you know, they've got centre midfielders who they can play through. Um, they actually, if they play out from the back, which I think they'll do quite regularly, they've got the best stats in terms of uh, accuracy percentages from from balls kind of from deep. You know, they're, yeah. they're full yeah. backs and, and luckier as well. So there's actually a couple of different ways that they can play. And I just worry about this whole small pitch situation because they've actually, again, the stats kind of suggest that's, that's not really them. But I think from our perspective, we want to control the, the middle of the pitch. I think we've got a big opportunity to do it. They'll have three centre midfielders. Um, they've got Nakamba, who's, who's probably their most cultured in terms of he's got the best uh, percentage in accuracy with his passing and everything else. But we'll probably have four. So even yeah. whilst three sounds like a, a, you know, a decent number to pack in there, we're probably going to have the opportunity of of overrunning them in midfield and and being able to to kind of control things from there but i don't see major changes but in terms of kind of the the, the balance against luton you know the the opportunities are going to be a little bit different they actually we think you know we're a good counter-attack team and we like to let teams have the ball and we'll catch them on the break they've actually got a lower percentage of uh possession this season than we have and they're actually quite we're actually quite similar football teams in in a lot of regards, and I, th- yeah. I just think it's going to be a ridiculously close game. But going back to your original question, I, d- I don't see us making many changes. It would be good to have somebody like a Palmer to bring off the bench because um, he just offers us something different than we've been able to 
to, to really bring off the bench as an option if, if the game kind of calls for it. You know, it is a big pitch, so there's going to be maybe a bit more opportunity for him to um, to have space. And we've seen his, his ability to kind of unlock a defence with the pass is, is unbelievable. So he offers us something different to, you know, majority of our squad. So it'd be great to see him on the bench for sure. But other than that, I can't see that there's there's going to be too much in the in the way of changes. The big one would potentially be do we go to up top again? But I, I don't see that happening with the success that we we obviously saw in the in the semi final. I, I just think we'd 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 stick to our guns with 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 how we've um, set up recently. And Matt, with uh, listeners at home that might not watch as much Championship football perhaps as yourself, uh, you know, who can we be looking out for? Who, you know, we obviously know Adebayo plays up top. We've we've seen him cause us damage in in recent seasons. Um, you know, who should we be keeping an eye on? What what should we be expecting? Yeah, I think kind of touching on what Ross said. If you go to individual standout performers, we have got the better individual players or, or we've got probably two or three players who stand above you know what they would have in terms of individual quality with for sure Kyokarez and Hamer they're going to be the two best players on the pitch for for my money but they do have they do have I, I guess a setup whereby um, everybody knows what they're on the pitch to do and everybody is drilled in terms of what they're there to do so you go through the lines with them you're looking at Tom Lockyer in defence um, he's a solid defender but he's also somebody who can distribute the ball from deep and, and cause do a you, threat. Do you think that Jokerez will be a lot for him pace-wise and strength-wise? I, I I just felt in the Sunderland game that they didn't really have anything up top, did they? I think they had, is it really? Eckerhart? I can't, I can't, Eckerhart, yeah. Thank you. Um, and, um, you know, they couldn't really cause them any issues, could they? Because they weren't that physically strong. Um, yeah. I just think Jokerez gives Locker just a completely different um, equation to answer, I think. It's the balance, really, because you look at their kind of strengths. Lockyer is somebody who can play the ball out from deep and, and do it well. He's also a goal threat. He's got five goals a season. I'd also highlight their fullbacks because that's where a lot of their deep balls will come from. So you've got Drama and, uh, and Doherty. But I reckon... This is where we're going to have opportunities to go on your point. I think they're not at the best defensively. You know, Doty's not a, a fullback by nature. He's more a midfielder. So when it comes to the other end of the equation and, you know, like he'll, he'll be on the right side for them. So it's not naturally the area Grokerez would operate in when he pulls out wide. Yeah. But I actually think you'll see him vary a bit more because he's probably the one who's a bit more... Um, susceptible when it comes to the defensive side, and then going on to your point with Lockyer, yeah, I think it's a good it is a good matchup from us from that perspective. So they've got players in defence who are, you know, they they know their job, but it's a lot about distribution of the ball, and um, I do think there'll be opportunities for us when it comes to Gyokerez being able to run them. So that's going to be one of the key areas. You, I've mentioned the Camber in, in centre midfield, but I do think again that's an area where we can take control of the game because yeah. While they'll have three, I think we'll potentially have four. And I don't think they've got fantastic central midfielders. I think we're definitely the stronger from that perspective. Um, and then obviously Carlton Morris is the one who's just chomping at 
Jokere's heels in terms of his stats and he's got 20 goals and seven assists. So I, and I think he is quite a similar player because of the way they play. They'll hit, they'll hit the channels with long balls. Yeah, He will drag himself out wide. He, he's a physical player. He can win the ball and then allow players to kind of um, get into the box and, and support. So he's he's very similar to Jokere. He's just not as good in my opinion. Um, so yeah, as Ross mentioned earlier on, I don't think they've got massive standout individual names, but they're a well-drilled side who who, who no, will know what they're on the pitch to do, basically. Yeah, exactly. Ross, before I take a prediction from you from the score, we've all probably dreamed over the last you know few days our perfect scenarios and what we hope to happen, um, which I'm sure most people would have us tuned up at halftime and, and coasting. But how do you see this one playing out? And then I'll take a score prediction from you afterwards. <laughs> I agree with with quite a few of the points made by by Matt there. I think again, they they can hurt us, but we can also hurt them. I think the key thing that we've got to be able to deal with is 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 the balls up to Adebayo because if we allow him to get it to stick and they can then play in a, in and around us, there could be problems with their fullbacks and we don't want lots of balls into our box that that's the key but on the same token they do commit bodies forward so if we break lucky if you remember the I remember the home game against Luton and we started abysmally we did they scored like a long throw after about a minute of the game but then we actually got a penalty and it was that it was that Shay uh no Gabriel Osho, I think his name yeah. was he got booked in that game and he had a torrid time in the second half versus Jokeres. And I just feel if we can break and Hamer's got the ball and he's running at someone like him, Lockyer then has a one-on-one or say a, 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 he's in the channels with, with Jokeres. Lockyer isn't the quickest. He's a smart defender. He's physically, he's good. He's a good distributor, but he's not fast. So if we can get someone like Jokeres in or, you know, the position where he's standing someone 1v1, and he's running it on from an angle. Yeah. I just feel like Jokeres can just take him on and just try and do something past him and get him to the box. Um, I think runners will suit Jokeres more in that game rather than Matty Godden. I think Matty Godden would be yeah. sort of a last 20, 25 minute type of player that you bring on. But for, for the first half, definitely, I think we can cause them problems, but but they can cause us problems as well. But I just think a lot of teams have said if you've a lot of all Borough fans and Sunderland fans said if you break with Hamer, Jokeres, etc., and you get behind them. And I know in, in the actual home game in the second half, we actually did this a lot to them. But on the same token, they'd have noted that from that game, they'll probably have things to try and nullify that just like we'll have things to try and nullify what they did. So it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting game. Um I don't actually think whoever gets the first goal will win. I think there'll be more twists and turns. I think if we went 1-0 up, they could easily get back into it and vice versa as well. I feel like if they go 1-0 up, we could also get back into it as well. Um, it's a final, so there's a lot of emotions and mistakes will be made and things like that. But I did, you Come know. On then. Put your... <laughs> I, I hate... Give us your prediction. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for a 2-1 to City. Um, 2-1 for City. I think I think Hamer and Jokeres will score. I think both of them will get a goal in the final. I think Jokeres is definitely going to turn up because I think knowing him as a player, 
he'll be extremely annoyed that he's not scored in some of the last few games that are the bigger games, so to speak, like Middlesbrough away, he didn't score. Um, Middlesbrough at home, he didn't score in the first leg. And then obviously the last game away, he had that chance, didn't he, to score, um, which he, he didn't take around the goalie. I know he'll be he'll be brewing to score a goal in that game. Um, and like I said, I think Luton out of the three teams we could have played are the ones that actually probably suit us over a bigger pitch over one game more. Yeah. Um, in terms of how they play, like, don't get me wrong, they're, they're a great team and they can cause us and they will cause us problems. But I just feel like Borough and Sunderland play a lot more quicker, expansive football and on a big pitch over one game when anything can happen it's 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 one of them but I just look at it from a perspective we can keep Chubrakpom out and we can keep players of Hackney, McGree and and those type of players, Cameron Archer at, at Bay during two legs. Um, if we turn up against Luton, I'm sure we can keep Adebayo and, and Carl and Morris quiet. And I think the key Agreed. is if we stop yeah if we stop them getting it to their feet and 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 playing, I think they'll have problems because like um like Matthew said, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a difficult game for them if they don't they don't really make it stick because they've not really got any sort of individual quality in their midfield that's gonna take a game on the scruff of its neck. Whereas yeah. we have Hamer, we have Sheath and players of that caliber who I would put above their midfielders in terms of um in terms of where they are ability-wise. So <clears throat> yeah, I think I think two one, two one to Cov. Two one for Ross and, and Matt. Yeah, I'm probably going to jump on that to one bandwagon as well. I think. Um, I, maybe I'd I'll throw the the little extra thing of extra time in there, but um, I, the key thing for us is um, defense as a whole, but fullbacks in particular. If we if we're coming away from this game saying Norton Coffey and Bidwell have had a, a good game, then I'm pretty confident we'll we'll win the game. To be honest with you, um, I think we can you know, certainly control it in terms of midfield. And I think, as we've talked about with Giocarez, if we can get him out into wide positions, I think there's definite threat that that, that is really going to worry them in, in defence as well. So I think that's the key area for us. It's going to be interesting set up in general because whilst, again, I agree with the point in terms of, you know, Middlesbrough and Sunderland, maybe we can, we can ex- maybe it's a bit fearful of kind of what they could do on a bigger pitch. We could probably be a bit more, um, aware of their game plans and, and trying to suit around that like we did with Middlesbrough. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you see two teams who are running away from the ball and it just sits in the middle, you know, with with with, with, with both sides quite keen to, you know, let the other have possession. But I think if we can, can control the ball in midfield like I expect us to do, as long as those fullbacks have a good game, I actually do think um, we'll, we'll, we'll get over the line. But it's difficult for me to predict a comfortable victory, especially such a massive game with so much pressure. So I'm, I'm going to say 2-1. I think it's going to be close, um, but we'll just get over the line. Thanks, Matt. I'm going to go 2-0. I think it's going to be um, a really, really tough game. Lots of emotion, lots of, you know, twists and turns. But I do think that if we get a, a, a goal, I think there's going to be enormous pressure on, on Luton. And I think that we're so good on the break that we could get another one. But unfortunately... The game isn't played out on on here. It's going to be played out in front of a huge crowd at Wembley. And is that an early goal, Dave? You're predicting, or I am. Yeah, I do think yeah. that we could start really, really fast. Yeah, and I think that that could set the tone for the rest of the you know rest of the rest of the game, and 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 we'll see. But that brings us 
to the end of this Skyviews Extra episode. Thanks for joining both of you. Uh, really appreciate you jumping on. And a huge thanks to our partners, the Sky Blue Tavern, for their continued support. An absolutely monumental fixture now awaits Mark Robbins, the backroom staff, players, and of course you at home, the Sky Blue faithful. Your support has not wavered. Even when they moved us to Northampton and we had to go to Birmingham, you still watched, be it from the stadiums, the hill, the home. We rose from the depths of English football, from League Two to League One and into the Championship. And you were there permanently singing the Sky Blue song. This moment is for you. And from everyone at Sky Blue's Extra, we hope that you have the most magical day, however you're enjoying it. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.